Aboriginal Eland, traditional Eland, and and um, the, the spiritual site and and the land was all one. It, it wasn't separate. Uh, you couldn't have. <coughs> You couldn't have one without the other. The, the land, the trees, the animals, they're all one, even the stars. Uh, so if for anything to, to work, you have to have a strong belief for it to work on you. If you didn't believe in it, then it didn't work. That's how a lot of our bush medicine works. It's the belief that, yeah. Uh, yeah go Who passed down that knowledge? Well, you learned it here, the true initiation and uh, from the elders. They taught, taught you all the things about uh, plants. Uh, the first start of your life was done by women and that, they taught you about, about a lot of the plants. Then you initiate, part of your initiation you done with the men. Then uh, all your life you just kept learning. It wasn't, wasn't about getting to a stage where you had, had enough knowledge. It was always learning about life. And it wasn't, it never stopped. Even when you were the elder you still learned. So the learning kept on going all through your life. And it's all about the land, the trees, uh, the, the, everything. Because white man, one of the things white man did to Aboriginal people, especially where I come from, uh, they put everyone together. So when they put everyone on mission, that means they broke down their, their, their laws. Uh, first thing Mitchell done when he went out to our area, they set one of our sacred trees alight. He burnt one of our sacred trees down. And Aboriginal people, when they saw that, a lot of the old people died. There were stories about how these old people just stayed there and died because they burnt something that was really sacred. Their spirits and everything was in these trees. And they, when Mitchell burned it down, they sort of took all that away from them. So a lot of people died from that. But when they put them on missions, uh, when, when the whites put them on missions, then they broke down all the different customs, all the different laws. We couldn't... We have a religion and a spiritual belief that you can't just pick up and take in with. The spiritual, the spiritual belief is there in the ground. It's, it's in the, it's in the trees. It's, it's in your country. You can't go to another country and take their stuff because it doesn't mean that much to you. You respect it, but it doesn't mean anything to you. The way you come from it, that's where it all, all, all your spiritual stuff is there. All the things that keep you well, make you well, uh, and keep your spirit alive, is all in your land. You just can't adopt another land. You can't adopt another totem. That's not something you should do. Well, you don't do it. It's not the right way to do it. Well, the totems is the one that links you back to the land. It's, it's, it's the animal that was uh, created and rewarded for not breaking the laws. And it was turned in, rewarded by turning it into an Aboriginal person. And the thing that with totems is that Mine the sand hills, so the sand hills where my, my totem lives become a part of me. The sand hills, all the sand hills are a part of me. When I look at the sand hills, I'm looking at my body. And all the things that grows and uh, lives on the sand hills becomes a part of me. Just like you look at little tiny ants going back and forth. It's like your blood pumping through your veins. Your trees, the trees become a part of you. If all these things start to die out, then part of your body are dying. Aborigines assume that there were four separate spirits including the body spirit, the soul spirit, the shadow spirit and the dream spirit. Well, the area where I come from, uh, the Nundaburra people, they have 
three spirits. Soul spirit, your dream spirit, and your shadow spirit. Then you have another spirit for where your, your weirigans are. Uh, you have a spirit for wind. wind. All the animals become related to you and they are spirits. There's a spirit for every tree, every blade of grass, every plant, every animal. They all have a spirit. There's spirits in the sky that's, uh, that were sent up there by, by death or punishment. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of spirits. There's everything out of spirit. Well, death uh, could represent. It represents. Uh, we have a, a, a comet. Uh, if the Aboriginal people see seen a comet, uh, then it, there was someone close to them that was going to die, because comet represents death, and it also represents another death, which represents drought. So a comet there was a bad thing that that represents death. Uh, death wasn't. Death wasn't wasn't a, a sad thing. It was it, it was the if you didn't get the ceremony, then it was a bad thing. But if you had all your ceremony, then it was it wasn't a bad thing. And the place where your the spirit went, where that was the reward of living this life, uh, your spirit world, uh, going into the spirit world. It's not a heaven. It's not a it's not a hell. It's, it's just a, a world, and we see that world. We see that in Warrnambool, the Milky Way. And that's part of the spirit world. All the stars around the Warrnambool is the campfire where dead, dead uh, relations and, and people that live in there, fishing out of the river of the sky. So it's not a bad place to go. So death wasn't a bad thing. Uh, and and all the other things that goes with death, like burials and all that, that was it just, uh, it was important for, for you have those ceremonies. If you didn't have those ceremonies, then you wouldn't get a. You wouldn't. If you were the elder in this world, then you wouldn't be an elder in the spirit world. For wasting laws, um, you would have to stand up in front of somebody who's got six blokes and they throw a spear at you for waste. And uh, it didn't stop until it drawed blood. And if it went through to the middle of then it didn't matter because it's, they still had to draw blood. If it killed you, then that's a good bad luck. But if it went through your leg or your arm or just drawed blood, then it's okay. Uh, our laws was pretty strict, even down to our totem laws. Our totem laws were the strongest and the most worst punishment of the lot. Uh, when you have a totem, you can't marry into the person with the same totem. For that law, you would have to, if you try to do that, then your death was starvation, and they would broke the men's legs so he couldn't hunt, and the woman's arm so she couldn't gather, and the tribe let him starve to death. That was the worst punishment of life. Then, after that was finished, they punish your spirit by by not giving you a ceremony, and your spirit didn't go into the new world. Just one of them we see on this world here, and that was more frightening. Not getting a ceremony for your spirit to go into the spirit world, because this world, the world we live in on the earth, it wasn't as important as the one that we live in our spirit. Our spirit world was where we're going to meet everybody. And, 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 and live a better life. But you also get punished in that world too. Well, Aboriginal people used to cook it and eat it. Um, you could eat it raw or cooked. And there's two types of gargolines. 
This is one of the types, and there's another type. Did it have any uh, side effects? Or? No, there's no side effects with it. It just, um, just tastes like onions when it's cooked and smells like onions. This is another type of gargling. It's, uh, they use it the same way as the first one. Uh, they cook it or eat it raw. It's a different shape. Uh, it's also have a, another purpose is, uh, for warts or, or stomach disorders. With the sap that comes out of it, a little white sap that comes out of it, it's supposed to be poison if you drink enough of it. But it's, it's all right to eat. I've got a bad taste. Uh, what does it taste like? Tastes a bit like had a stingy taste, a bit chalky but stingy. Now the, this type of food, there's all different types of dargaloons. There's uh, each area got a, a different type. One that grows in the rainforest, the one we've seen first grows in the rainforest. This grows more or less anywhere. And the other one's a lot smaller. The ones in Crackadoo is a lot fairy shape and, and a bit of purple to it. These are all green. Different types of leaves can you can act, uh, you can uh, tell by the different types of leaves. The ones that were out in the dry country have the same types of types of leaves, but a little bit thinner. This tree behind me is a native apple tree and they used to use the sap out of the native apple tree for sunburns and stomach disorders. They used to eat it or mix it up with water. They mix it up with water for sunburns and and put it on their skin. Then mix it up with water and drink it for the stomach disorders. Water tree. Uh, <clears throat> Aboriginal people used to use this to, to make the bread. They used to use the bark to tan the leather with. And they used to use the sap for burns and plus eat. This only, the, uh, the, the Aboriginal women used to put their wattle seeds in. And they used to grind it all up by using another rock in the hole. And when the hole got deep enough, too deep, then they used to start another one. Say if you had, I just go to like one at a time. So kambangi, with kambangi you could have, you would make bread, food, out of kambangi and baskets out of kambangi. Uh, you make bread out of a bowl, out of the stem, you used to eat the stems was like a, 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 a uh, finish sort of thing, grind up and eat. Then you used to make baskets out of that. Gigi, you used to use the gigi tree for, for the sap that comes out of the gigi, the tree for boomerang, the flowers was to tell you what time the, the, the emus were laying and they'd use like, like a timer with the Milky Way. The Milky Way is another emu in the sky. Uh, the bumbles, the bumble was a tree that you, you could eat the sap out of. Uh, the mistletoe was pretty good out of bumble trees, it was better than probably one of the best mistletoes. And the flowers out of the bumble tree was used for morning dresses. Plus you can eat the big the neck out of that. But morning dresses was more or less 
come out of the bumblebee. You had uh, the the big lilies that grew on the grow on the water, and that was just all fruit plant. And some the the bulb, the roots, and that was used for for uh, medical things, uh, different sort of medicine. Medicinal plants used in traditional Aboriginal cultures were ones commonly found in the vicinity of the community. Aborigines never carried medicine bags as they usually had remedies growing close by and even if a particular plant was not available, another plant was used in its place. When using plants as medicines, Aborigines rarely mixed different combinations of plants and usually used one plant for one particular ailment. Some medicinal plants were known to vary in strength depending on the season at which they were picked. For instance, the toothed ragwort leaves were regarded as most potent for medicinal preparations just after rain where the leaves were used as a remedy for toothaches. Some of the plants they used to use, one of the plants they used to use for smoking was uh, like uh, where I come from was dogwood. It's, it's a little, I don't know what the European name for it, but it's, it's called dogwood. And, uh, the plants that was for smoking used to have uh, the fruit plants like Kwandong, Gui, Napan, uh, Gargaloon, uh, Ika, Bumbles. Uh, used to have all different plants. There was a lot of bulbs that used to use. There was a lot of yam. So a lot of the stuff that we used to use out there was, was either you use the fruit for food and you use the bark for another purpose. Uh, the purpose could be from, uh, from tanning your leather to, to uh, making uh, medicine. Quinine was another thing that you used to use a lot. Uh, quinine was pretty good for uh, a lot of things and a lot of people use that now in, in modern life for, for different purposes from either cancer from a lot. Flour, there's, there's, we used to use one type of flour, you used to get a drink of nectar out of it, or used to like, uh, that was uh, snorigabos or, or mistletoes. Uh, you used to get the nectar out of those, and, and there's another little yellow flower, a little daisy that you used to be able to eat. Uh, one of the big lilies that goes on the front, you used to eat those, and the stem, and, and the bulb. Uh, and, there's uh, the bumbleflower, they used to use bumbleflower for decoration for cobberies, uh, plus you could eat it. Uh, and you could uh, use that for mourning dresses, uh, mourning head pieces when people mourn. It was special for the flower bumble, they used to use that for mourning. Um, the gigi plant, they used to use the gigi, the gigi blossom to tell you what time to go out and look for emu eggs. Uh, it, it's um, the blossom trees that uh, blossom in the wintertime, it's an acacia, it's like a wattle tree. Uh, we used to use ground fat for that, and, and it's another purpose was for smoking. You used to rub ground fat on you and then smoke you. They used to smoke you over uh, uh, bushes to keep uh, spirits away from you and stuff like that. Plus, yeah, porcupine fat was pretty good for, for skin, keeping your skin glossy in the air, plus to keep the air clean and all this. Uh, then you had emu fat. Emu fat was a real strong old, really strong odor. And that, that's what used for for 
feet, uh, sores, uh, used for a lot of things, around the fat, but mostly all the fat is used for skin, for cleaning your skin and keeping your pores open and stuff like that. And, and, and it's help you with, with the sun and the wind and all that. The little white dots around that represents the, <coughs> the frogs that spewed all the water up and made everything grow. The white dots around that again represents all the animals. And the brown and white dots around that represents the animals and Aboriginal people. Then you come out here that represents the sacred sites and the hills and the people and animals again. And this is all the different sort of people and different laws and different way of using the land. Then these people, these here, uh, when they all broke up into different tribes, broke all the different languages. The yellow represents the fire, that how we used to farm and, and use the land. We used fire and water for a lot of our ceremonies. Uh, then it's just all the different element, elements out here. Then the different points and different ways that direction is, is all the different languages and all the different people from my area. These are the Wirigans and the Lork people from the Milky Way. The, 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 blue, the blue and red parts are the Milky Way. And we have the way we used to farm here, using water and fire to farm. The yellow is the, is the fire, the blue is the water that we use to farm. Then we come out to the outside here. This one here represents the wind and the people, and now the people see the wind and the elements. The rain, the wind, the clouds, and the people. All cousins. They're part of all of that. And that's it. These two here represent those two. Then you got the line at back here, represent the water, the Milky Way. Mm -hmm. Then you look back over the lot, and you see it as old. Everything has to be seen as old all the time. There's no you can't just look at one piece in every new culture and not, not, if you can't understand one piece, you have to see the whole lot to understand that one piece. Then you go to the top, Yeti is the sun, it's a woman. Then you got Balu, the moon down the bottom, and they're all linked together. The Stabrigan people in between them, that links them all day. And the sun, the people, and the animals that created the sun. The sun. Then you're down here, you got Balu the moon and people again, and what Balu does. Out here, you got the comet, around the brown white dots around represents comet, and that represents drought and death. And it represents these people here, the, 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 the Mundabara people, uh, is represented by the air. Then you got the pink dots on the outside of the painting, represent how everything is sacred all sacred, not just one part of sacred, everything is sacred. The sky, the wind, the rain, the earth, the whole lot is sacred. Then we got the yellow and the white dots around here represents the, the, our spiritual belief. That's people that live, you know, that live in the Milky Way. That's their campfire in the Milky Way. They're fishing in the Milky Way, fishing in the river of the sky, the Warrenbull. And this represents the the water, the blue is for the water, and the red is for the fish, codfish. Then you got the trees, two, two trees in it. Where I come from, you have three sacred trees. 
for one of the sacred trees was burnt down by Mitchell when he first went out there. So now we only got two. We got two sacred trees and everything's in our sacred trees to protect us. You can't take food off the trees or kill anything in the trees. Anything sitting near around the trees is sacred and it's protected by Barney, our creator. The white represents the stars, the brown and white represents the totem of the people and the people. The blue, the two different blues just represents water. The red, again, it, is, it represents fire, campfires. Uh, so all the things on here represent something of some different kind. The lines and the points represent all different people in their different language and their different custom. And they're all done differently. Some got a dot in the end, some haven't got a dot in the end. Some just got a line linking to somewhere else. It shows the difference in the culture, in in the way we live and our belief. Uh, this is all done by from from an area from where I come from and that's based on all the traditional stuff from the Mulugara from the Mulugara land. And uh, it's probably different in other areas. From each area, not not look at one area and say this is a traditional way, and, and the rest is is not traditional. Um, I think we should look at Aboriginal people as individual groups. Um, one way that we could look at Aboriginal people is the way the Americans look at the American Indian, at the Sioux, Comanches, Apaches. But that's the way we should be looking at Aboriginal people. Because that's the way we are. We we are uh, our own little nation together, uh, the group. We have our own laws, we are separate, we do things different than the next neighbor. And we should, should, they should look at us all like that, instead of looking at us as Aboriginal people as a whole. And then they pick out the, the blackest to, to find the, the truest culture. It's not. We all have culture. And there's still a lot of culture in New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland. It's just that no one recognises us. They don't. Uh, and we should look at these areas and get their, their uses and, and and even the way we farm the land, the, the different way we farm the land. Because looking after land was the most important thing for Aboriginal people. We didn't own the land, we were the part of the land. And we only, we only was the, the part that, that kept most of stuff in balance by using fire, hunting, and stuff like that, with all the other animals.